What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate demons this now. After what, come on! There is rebellion in the wind. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Financial blockers? I'll have to put those here to test our faith. That damn lie, I, I saw him on my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusion! It's been a while since we hung out and talked anyway. So yeah. besides the fact that you, you brought something intense to my, to my attention, like it's good to see you anyway, Kaylin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, Speaking of intense, this we're on alert and there's a smoke cloud over my town. That's pretty crazy. So it's like fires and shit. Yeah. And the, like the evac, like outside of town's like pretty much evacuated all on the West side and like all the way, like, hour up the highway and like you can't even get gas in town and i tried to go fill up my tank before this and there's this like the longest lines ever <laughs> so, Dude, i guess my living... depot burned down <laughs> yeah you're literally like it sounds like you're on the set of a like an apocalyptic movie or something feels like, like it act or something well i hope you guys are all okay and your town is is all right i mean it's just stuff whatever is this know? just normal springtime no no okay all right because i know there's some parts of the west coast up up there that's just like on fire a lot you know so the thing about the weird thing about this is like most people that have kind of a conspiracy mind feel like this is kind of purposeful Mm -hmm. because they like i've never seen so many chemtrails as i've seen in the last month and we have this really intense heat wave that is really abnormal Mm-hmm. And they're just like crisscrossing over the sky all day, which never happens. You'll get like a line and then a while later, another line. But mm-hmm. it's just been like so intense laying down grids on us and it just won't stop. Wow. It just fires going everywhere, getting put out, coming back, raging. And like, I just sort of like, I, I wonder what they're trying to do. <laughs> Probably scare the shit out of everybody. That's that's first yeah. and foremost. Move us to the 15-minute cities is sort yeah, of like a bit us. of it, I think. And yeah, like get corral, the farmers corral. off their land so they can confiscate the farmer land. Also to like push the narrative of the um obviously global warming thing, right? 
yeah, all the climate agenda stuff is going on. And yeah, I can see yeah. how that, that would be intentional in some way if they're trying to like just evoke more panic over the climate and stuff, especially like they want to gear it towards it being our fault too. So like they just want to put us in this traumatic state, of course. Yeah. But I mean, um, let's um, yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Deep Share podcast. I'm here with my friend Kalen from the Strange Neighborhood podcast. And uh, recently, Kalen brought I mean, we're always kind of sharing different resources and interesting little factoids that we find about history. And Kalen brought this book to my attention. And it's a long ass title. And I, I made some post about it that uh, Kalen shared with me. But yeah, we're going to get into that tonight. You've done a lot of reading into it. I've skimmed a little bit where I could. You were pointing me towards chapter six in particular. It took me and long enough to like try to it. find chapter six and seven. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll go into it more and, you know, get some cool examples going. And basically, anyway, we... Yeah, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Andy. No, you no. go ahead. Break <laughs> I in. I was going to say, like, those chapters are more about the etymology of, like, the his historical lineage of, like, where we come from and how it's developed through, like, names and words and stuff. And that's sort of, like, your area of expertise. Absolutely. So when I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is all this? But I know you have the background kind of to, like... A little bit, yeah. I absolutely it. have become obsessed with it, you know? Yeah. And it's only because I've learn from you know dan Anaki dan and others it's it's just we're i feel like we're all standing on each other's shoulders in a way we're all helping each other like see over the hill and eventually it seems like we're going to untangle this whole damn thing but I maybe that's altruistic i don't know <laughs> i think you're right honestly like and each like i feel like our lost history is something that we almost totally lost and then all of a sudden there was like a little spark here and there on youtube and now it's just like ignited into this not to use a fire analogy right now, but like <laughs> it's ignited into this like huge wildfire of like everyone's kind of digging up little scraps and we're all sharing them. I mean, the people that are kind enough to share and want to put right. the puzzle together, uh, like as a collective. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's really cool what's happening. And it's so confusing and the so puzzle's confusing. hard to put together because there's so many <laughs> fake pieces that look like they're supposed to fit or something, you know? And yeah, it, like I, I've been saying on different shows lately that it's like we have a lot of flag planting in this community where because we've been told the world is so mundane, now that the floodgates are open and we're, we're like shown that it's not mundane, it's like we're just like, yep, and this is real and this is real and this is true and this is true. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, and I, I think deep analysis is what we need more than anything, especially about his. Sorry, one sec, Andy. No problem. No problem. What's that, Sean? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it was not important. <laughs> My husband just arrived from work, so. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, let's let's get into this book. What is this book? What's the name of it again? Okay. So, I got it all right here. So it's and we called... can share screen at some point, too, if you want to, like. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I got a bunch of stuff to show you and stuff. Um, it's called The American Nations or Outlines of a national history of the ancient and modern nations of North and South America by Professor C.S. Raffinesk, volume one. Wow. <laughs> the mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's pretty interesting. And I, I'm assuming there's a volume two or, I don't know, but I 
you know, this one's pretty heavy with the information. I didn't get that far, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So what have you gleaned so far? And like, what, like, so, what's the overall feel of the, of what it's about? Yeah. So he, what he did is he's, um, he collected all these like historical, um, books and manuscripts and stories around the beginning of the 1800s. And then he, has like built a kind of chronology of like the true ancient history as as far as he can piece together of the Americas since like um, before the great flood and all the way like this, there's a second flood and then like everything. So all hmm. the peoples that came before us and left or fled to higher places, then, you know, came back. Yeah. And then other shit happened and then the Columbus era after, right? Okay. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. And he also goes through like um what I think is so interesting about this book, like a really interesting part, is when he goes through all the kind of I he calls them annals of the native people or like aboriginals, but mm -hmm. their are tales of their history in song and like um you know versus mythology and stuff yeah and he really breaks down like what they mean by words the words they use and like what they're referring to when they like talk about the bear came and stuff like it's not a bear it's like a certain kind of people that came and like how um historically all of these ancient peoples refer to the the white like columbus kind of um colonizers as the snakes this the, ah. the snake people and I yeah. thought that was really fucking interesting. Yeah. And tracks big time. Yeah. And like, right. yeah, it's just really interesting, all of it. And uh, so, well, like I have some stuff highlighted, but I just want, maybe I'll just read this first bit I've highlighted because it kind of like talks about what he's talking about, I think, okay. if I have this right. So he says... Um, it is not yet suitable to give here a complete list of all the ancient nations who have or may have colonized the Western Hemisphere. This can only be done afterwards as a result of the instituted inquiries on the subject. Meantime, I state as highly probable, even more, anal even mere analogies, sorry, that all this, all the nearest nations of the Atlantic or Pacific Oceans in the Eastern Hemisphere have either visited or colonized the Americas, particularly from the east, the bold navigators, Atlantas, Pelagians, Phoenicians, Libyans, Astrusians, etc. And from the west and the ancient tribes of the Tartars and Chinese and the Polynesians, etc. We shall, throughout this historical outlines, find ample proofs of this fact, exploding erroneous beliefs that a single nation could have populated the whole of the Western Hemisphere. It shall appear also that these early settlers must have brought along many foreign tribes as auxiliaries, vassals, or slaves. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, so he's like, yeah, he's saying we, did, we didn't just one person, one peoples didn't colonize all of this. It's ridiculous to even think that is what he's basically saying. This yeah. is part of the spider web, right? I mean, the more you look into it, you... <laughs> I, you know, I focus on like two or three tribal names or, or, you know, groups of people, nomadic mm -hmm. tribes or something. And then suddenly I'm facing 10 different names, 10 different peoples that I didn't even hear about before that are all in the mix. And 
everyone has kind of borrowed or stolen or, or passed along these same stories where you go or, or it's just so weird to wonder why this part of history is so controlled and so lost to us and like of course the mainstream explanation is just that it's all stories and folklore and myth and we don't know and i just i don't buy it i'm sure you don't either no and i also like i accompanied this research with this old geography book i found from even earlier that was translated from the late uh i think it was here i got it here somewhere it was it was like hundred years before this book was even wrote this geography book so it talked and it talks about like each people's that they found at each place what and like it just it tears apart the narrative like right if you go back far enough and read what's actually going on in that time nothing makes sense to what they told us yeah this is kind of back to what i'm always saying about how um you know from a skeptical point of view we're seeing everything as, as just made up stories and everything mainly because of literature from the 1800s, the mid 1800s prefer like specifically was what I'm finding. And it's interesting because of how hot the 1800s is, I guess in this community from multiple different angles, like the Tartaria Mm -hmm. stuff leaks into the 1800s and so does like mud floods and all, all these different themes. Something is fucky in the 1800s for sure. And there's absolutely like a metaphorical mud flood when the fictional literature, pop culture literature starts to enter the game in the 1800s when it comes to taking these old stories from word of mouth, you know, cultures telling these stories about their origins and what anthropologists used to consider legitimate information about prehistory in those areas is now just conveniently converted into these like fictional fantastical stories. Yeah. It's, it's unreal how it's unreal how much um, we take literally from this stuff, from like Mm. old stories and how um, no matter how many times wise people tell us that everything's symbolic and symbolism is the important thing to understand, we still take everything literally. We're digging stuff and being like, oh, this means this happened. Like as far as the giants go too, like there was, there. I do believe there was like a large peoples and, and like maybe even up to 10 feet, 11 feet tall even, because I do have like a lot of historical accounts of that. Yeah. But um for as far as like the allegory of a giant peoples, I think is more like uh, maybe larger, but brutish mm. and a savage kind of like more people, more mm. um, warlike and, you know, less empathetic culture. Yeah, brutish, less empathetic and warring, like warmongering. Mm. Um, but also what I'm finding is nobility and royalty in some cases is like almost directly referring to this, this giant uh, word, you know, uh, in terms of royalty. And it's really interesting. And I've brought this up on a couple shows already, but the show Ragnarok on Netflix, it's a little teen angsty, but it's pretty legit for an action show anyway, about the 
Nordic gods fighting these ancient giants, but the giants are just people. They're just these yeah. assholes from Norway that are running the oil companies and stuff. But like, oh, yeah. you know, it translates into like modern day. It's kind of like, a, you know, Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet from the 90s, what they did with those, which kind of like modernized these old tales. So they kind of do that in a way with this Ragnarok show. They put it down to human terms, but it's kind of telling us that too, where like these giants are just people. But the tall like nine, 10, 11 feet tall. I think that's completely within this same like understanding. I think one implies the other almost one came from the other. Like they were no, they were called giants because it meant noble, but it was, they were noble because they were gigantic and, and strong and they were bigger than everybody else. Like it all kind of fits together in the same way. What pisses me off is how when again the flag planting with 25 35 foot tall monsters oh mountains used to be giants and now they're sleeping like i don't know how woo woo i can i can handle in in that direction you know what i mean i feel like that's more fantasy or even distraction and misdirection and you know what it very well could be but like the fact is is that you can't really plant your flag there because how can you even prove that like why wouldn't you just keep looking (laughs) i mean yeah and i shouldn't plant my flag either and saying it's impossible either i guess right (laughs) so do you want to screen share and i'll just show you some stuff about giants absolutely yeah let's start with that so do i have to give you permission or whatever um i think so share allow i think you're good nice okay um so this one's from the geography book (laughs) and if he's this about new zealand Okay. And do you remember the and, name of this geography book? Is this something you sent me to? Yes. And I'll just, I'll get the name in a sec. I'm just, I can get it um, I'll get okay. that while you talk about this. Okay. So it says for New Zealand, like it didn't have a lot of information about New Zealand, but it has a lot of cool information about like everything, but it says New Zealand, which was discovered in 1642 by the Dutch. The inhabitants are blacks of gigantic size. Uh, and so like the Maori, because I used to live in New Zealand, but the, the Maori are um a very large people, like a large stature, very like disproportionately bigger than regular people or um whatever you want to say. Right. <laughs> like yeah, large bones, large head, big stature. There are big people. And they also ha- have been proven to have like a higher testosterone than other people on the planet for some reason. That's interesting. Yeah, which is really interesting. But they were a warring people. They were um the story in New Zealand is kind of funny because these might be the Moriori, or I don't know, because they say that the Maori came after from the Polynesian Islands and um the Moriori were living there before and they came and they were cannibals and ate all the Moriori into mm-hmm. their land. And I don't know who the Moriori were, but there's like stories of stone structures buried in the rainforest in New Zealand and stuff that no one, there's no record of and stuff like that. Right. So interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) And uh, so I thought that was really interesting. And then there is, I I don't know, I have a whole bunch of like uh, short newspaper little things. So what Mm -hmm. I do a lot on my show is I collect like old newspaper articles from the 1800s as far back as I can go and try and find anomalies. So mm-hmm. I, I just grabbed a few to show you. So hell yeah. Well, but oh, right before this, but just to mention the Maori. 
you know, of course, leave it to me to connect it to box saga, but in paradise time in the box saga, we were all black and everything was tropical after Atlantis or all Atlantis or all land ice. When that catastrophe happened and they were all cut off in Helsinki and the whole Northern hemisphere was decimated. All the Southern kingdoms continued on and those Southern ringlands that were emulating the fatherland, the, the uh, all fatherland in the North originally were all doing the same exact breeding system, supposedly according yeah. to the saga. So if that's the case, then all those Southern kingdoms that weren't affected by the ice continued to breed huge people. So I wonder if that, is a good connection to that. You know what I mean? So funny they use the term all black because that that's like the New Zealand's like most famous team sports team is the all blacks, the rugby team. And they're like really famous and good. at oh, rugby. Interesting. Like they're the all blacks. <laughs> that's it. That's a loose connection right there. You know, <laughs> but funny that you said that I was like, ah, oh, the all blacks. Um, mm. So this, I just picked a few short ones just to show you what the kind of stuff I find, but this one is from November 26, 1850, and just says, remains of a giant, a human skeleton of unusual size has been discovered in Hersemus, New Jersey, buried in oyster shells of immense size. So the, also the oyster shells were large. <laughs> it was in a sitting posture when found and is doubtless the frame of an Indian of olden time. It must have been eight feet in height which usually that's about like eight or nine feet are most of the ones they find. The right, skull measures yeah. 18 inches from the root to the nose over the top to the bows. I don't know what that says. <laughs> of the, so they always misspell things and write them weird, but of the occupational bone, occipital bone. Occipital. Occipital. Thank you. <laughs> doctors. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, most <laughs> of these words I'm like looking up and making it say it to me because I'm right? like, what is this? Um, one paragraph has taken four hours <laughs> to just yeah, understand it. Right? I'm like, what is this? Um, Especially with the AF right there. You see that on that line. Right? The AF is actually is not as fuck. It's as because right. for some reason there's a lot of F's. Yeah. Okay, like for, yeah. for S's. And I, I don't know if that was an old thing or just typewriters. Like people fucked up a lot. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But then it also says containing a full set of teeth, even sound and white. Wow. Which I think I always find like remarkable. Like they always say that they're always like, wow, they had good teeth. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. So like some of now, have you investigated just curious? Cause I personally only did this with like one or two of them that were came to me through emails and they turned out like later articles involving the same thing, same like bones turned out to be, like a mastodon or something. And I'm curious if you think like a lot of them have been done that way and it's on purpose and it's probably like Smithsonian's involved in some way or something, or if maybe it's some of them are legit and some of them are, are fake. What, what's your take on that? Have you seen any of that? Oh so, yes. And I, there was this one like really massive giant and I'm not sure I don't have it with like the article to, to reference right now, but there was this one really big one. I think it was found in upstate New York. And then they did all the, had all the measurements, the breastbone, the, the shoulder width, like mm -hmm. everything. So obviously it was an intact skeleton. And then after it came out and said, Oh, this was a hoax and blah, blah, blah. 
and but the smithsonian was involved in the first article which is always like a good clue that um like that's the last person you should ever call if you find someone something and if you see a ufo the last people you should call is move on just saying right so that's where i can tell anyone like that (laughs) especially anything yeah Yeah. that's where um yeah that's where i got into the weeds because i found one that was not uh smithsonian involved it was like local scientists upon further review like discovered that it was a mastodon and it like went into detail on why they figured it was a mastodon and stuff like that but then i did run into similar situations just like one or two that involved the smithsonian and similar explanations you know so it's again it's like 30 percent truth 70 percent bullshit it's always mixed together you know yeah and i'm glad that that you've done this You've collected a lot of them so we can really get into them, you know? So, like, I found something really cool, I thought, a while ago. So this is just, like, how you can... Because you have to use a discernment. So this is a good example of that. I found something really cool about a buried city. And Mm -hmm. they were comparing it to, like, Herculeum and Pompeii. And it was in uh, Minnesota. Mm. And and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And so I was, like, looking up all the history of when they discovered this place, the lakes around it, blah, blah, blah trying to figure out what's going on turns out after i've like had to dig through a lot of old newspapers that it was like a joke article because they had to have this huge snowstorm that blocked the railway from getting there and then they were like we discovered this city and they were making a joke about digging it out finally after like a month or whatever like, like oh. getting the train back there right and so i was like what the f- i just waste all that time <laughs> can you imagine you know if I mean? that same thing happens to people like 50 to 100 150 years or, or so with our culture and all the things that we don't so take confusing. seriously and put out there people are gonna be like this place was insane <laughs> it's already so confusing in this time trying that's to figure true. out what's fake and what's real and then imagine looking back i think about that all the time <laughs> that's like, definitely they're not gonna point know point what's point. up or down like <laughs> right right so here's yeah. uh here's the one that i um found and turned out to be i believe this one was legit too um this was the williamson county giant aka a pleistocene mega human but i can share that in a little bit let's keep going with what you got all right i just got a couple short ones so we might as well just go through these okay so this one says um this one's from the cook county herald from october 25th 1902 and it says ancient skulls are found while digging a deep trench near Frankenhauser, Saxony. Some laborers found human bones buried in the dry loam. The fragments of a skull were so unusually large. They sent all the bones to Professor Geisberg, who said they show an antiquity of 2,500 years old and are the remains of three individuals, each seven feet, six inches. Interesting. And as early so like- as, as recent as 2,500 years like not 2500 bc 2500 years ago yeah and so then also it's like putting an ancient peoples and lots of times they say like there's red hair on them so it's putting an ancient people before the natives that were a different stature of people completely Mm -hmm. yeah thousands of years yeah different race entirely yeah and so, like, I do find that a lot. Like, if I'm if you're searching the archives and you want to look up some, find some really weird shit, um, type in unknown race. You're going to get hit really? after hit after hit. And it's all going to be like this in the mounds. It found sticking out of this, some weird tools they don't understand. 
Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, it's from that unknown race from before. And they're in this time period in the 1800s, they were talking about this unknown race all the time. Mm. And we're going to slowly but surely see this uh, closed in on and controlled this, this, the narrative around this. We, uh, I'm going to say that right now. I'm sure you can agree. Mm-hmm. Um, if we haven't already, then we're going to start seeing a crackdown eventually because this alternative American history is picking up some tremendous speed, regardless of what, like no conclusions, but just all the little pieces, there's no way around that something really strange was going on. Yeah. And I, honestly, I feel that coming and I've just been like hoarding these away and saving them. And I'm going to make a book of all the ones I found just so that there's like a hard copy somewhere great idea. of this That's stuff. <laughs> And I'm just I like, will help you add to it if I can, if I have. Oh, anything. that'd be great. <laughs> Honestly, I'm getting so much stuff that I think I'm going to have to do like different volumes, like one volume on giants, one because it's just getting so immense. And it's like, oh, I, I might need help like cataloging this shit. Like, that sounds like such a, a bit. That sounds like a better way to go about this than what I've seen recently on Amazon. Like some people just writing these random books on uh tartaria and america and all these like ancient american books and stuff it's like let's not jump to conclusions yet let's just share what was written by the people that were there you know and just kind of contemplate what's going on yeah so so if you you want to talk about tartaria we should get into that in a bit because i got some stuff from the geography book and i i have like some ways i things I think about that some thoughts Fair <laughs> the yeah. narrative right I think it's like people are using it kind of like as a blanket term but it is funny how they are trying to erase that that nation even exi- existed at all when yeah, that like is the clearly did like yeah so yeah. they obviously have some important part in our history like the Grand Tartaria and um, the other parts of the Tartary states or whatever you want to call them i'll get into that from the geography book but mm. i so it's weird that they're trying to like delete that from our history which i think it might have like some russian book burning kind of stuff absolutely but um yeah and also because the tartarians were world travelers same as like the phoenicians and everyone. yeah how yeah. about that which is interesting. Um, I wonder what covers for what. Like, I mean, if we're talking different time periods or because it's it's just so convoluted that all the evidence we really do have for all this is is recent, you know, it's it's fairly recent, you know. So yeah. but at the same time, like the Phoenicians weren't super ancient anyway, you know, we're talking right. like yeah, a couple a couple thousand years ago, not even. Yeah um so this one's from mexico city which like fuck there's so much good stuff about mexico but i'm just really trying to focus on like the states and like um canada what we know at that time because it's so immense of like a body of information but some things you can't really pass up like this one um says well let's see where it's from it is from february 19 1923 and it says Mexico City, Mexico, February 19th. Skeletons of Indians 15 feet in height have been found at Casa Grandes near the city of Juarez. It is believed that the skeletons belong to an extremely ancient indigenous race. 
vases also containing precious stones were found near the skeletons. So that's a that's why I brought that one because there's a 15 foot one and it kind of like debunks my theory of them only being 11 feet tall. Yeah, this is a, that's an interesting one. Of course, it's <laughs> it's convenient that we got literally like four sentences in a tiny little like what newspaper and what the hell are they printing on the front page that this gets a tiny little blurb even back hey, then if you see on the very left side you can kind of see like there's pages going down so that means this tiny article was on the sixth page and um i often find it like that and it will have very interesting like five sentences where you think anyone would want to know more about that right. but they don't write anymore they just it's leave a good you starting hanging. point you know, yeah. <laughs> microfiche is almost a forgotten uh, uh, art, but there's a lot there at your local libraries. Right. If you have a lot of time. <laughs> okay. So um, I want to show you something interesting that I found from this um, geography book Sweet. that I think what that blew my fucking mind. Okay. So, cause it goes through every section of known land. So this is Amazonia, which I think is modern day Brazil or whatnot, something around the Amazon river, that area. Okay. Um. So it says, let me just find the spot. Um, okay. that every sentence is oh cool. here we go yeah <laughs> uh, okay when the portuguese in 1541 went up the river into the country they met in their way on shore an army of warlike women with whom they had a re-encounter and um from thence they called this country amazonia hmm so and so like the story of the Amazon women that the Greeks told. And then I looked it up and the Smithsonian says like, oh, it was all myths. There's right. nobody. How would the Greeks know anything about the Amazon anyway at that time? Well, if you know anything like we know, everyone was everywhere. Like, And talk just... about like some of the earliest superhero uh, mythos too in right. modern America, uh, which is interesting because as uh, you know, uh, drawing a blank on his name, but oh man, he's awesome. He writes great books, but he talks a lot about the revival of the gods through superheroes and things like that. It's pretty crazy. He's from it's, the Secret Sun blog. Oh yeah. So the the when you look up the mythology from the Smithsonian, they say that they were maybe this warring um, women kind of like or female led society that that eventually moved to I I don't know how to say this but Scythia Scythia you were talking about yeah yeah no right yeah <laughs> so, Wait, so and I heard you and Dad talking about move, it move to or move from moved it says move to or were maybe from okay so that's interesting and that was in the smithsonian article about like were the amazons real no they might have been these women that moved to side right. and the scythians were they 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 try to do this thing where they're like well these were just like this is the name we use for groups that we don't know it's like that's not true 
Not because once you start to look into the Phoenician alphabet and how it's put together and what words mean, they point to different people on purpose. You know, the Scythians are very specifically a group around the Mediterranean that operated for a long time and they're connected to everything else. It's, it's very interesting because we find Scythians being talked about in the Americas often. I found another article recently. Actually, it might have been you who sent it to me. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> But yeah, I just was like, that's a really odd connection. And because I, we have so much Greco-Roman architecture that's like kind of unexplainable mm-hmm. in early America, um, or they try to explain it away, but I'm not sure it's explainable, that like obviously the Greeks and the Romans were here already at one point here and there in the history, who knows when. And then this is connecting Scythia to Ursidia to the Amazon women who they're trying to say didn't even exist. But if you read this, it says that they did. They encountered them on the river and there were warring female or female warriors that they ha- had to fight. Like <laughs> That's nuts. And if, yeah, yeah. it does fit, fit quite nicely with everything. Oh, here's the Amazon. Oh no, yeah, maybe. I do have the the link but um I'll send you it later for the Smithsonian article it's real bullshit we don't need to talk about it yeah no that's fair (laughs) it'll be good it'll be good maybe I'll put it in the show notes or something too just so people can check it out yeah we all can all shit right on the uh, Smithsonian right and so then there's this other thing and it's uh Turcumania and Terra Mangelic Nica, Magellanica. It's Ed, Magellan discovered it. Yeah, Magellanica. There you go. And so this is just the start of it here, but it says, uh, where does it lie? It lies, um, it joins to that of Chile and southward. Yeah, where um, doth the country of Turkey? Well, that's a weird word. I've heard someone mention this before. It's from south to north, 640 miles long, and from west to east. So it's like the, I think it's like Patagonia, basically, like okay. the the southern part of South America in some place, maybe not exactly the very tip, but I think like Man- Magellanica is the tip because it's talking about how Magellan like sailed around it or whatever, right? Okay. okay. And discovered it. And there, what, and then this talks about giants somewhere in here. Sorry, I should have highlighted that, that's it. That's okay. But it says that they that they're skimming. I see giants on the other page. Oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Chapter six. And say so it says, what sort of people were the natives? Some old authors among the Spaniards. So from from way before even this book, which was the late 1600s, and then it was translated later. Wow. Um, the Spaniards made them. Sorry, monstrous. (laughs) Yeah, monstrous giants of 12 feet high. But later travelers, given the ordinary size of men, um, they are very ignorant, have no religion, nor do they qualify. Are they qualified for doing anything? (laughs) They dig roots called kapus, which (laughs) serve them instead of bread. What? Yeah. Well, that, so like what like I, different people. I mean, the, made yeah. them in, Spaniard, Spaniards made them into monstrous giants. Right. Okay, well, this could be two things, right? This could be two different people, or it could be a, like trying to keep others away from that place. Yeah, because that yeah, happens like, don't a lot. Go there. There's yeah. twelve foot giants. That's like the Phoenicians ruling the Atlantic Ocean, and like there be dragons there. 
Surface. And then like maybe they Literally. found a bunch of gold and they were like, don't go there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I find that like all the places in South America, where whether they were cannibals or not, I don't know if there's proof to that, but mm. they call they basically in this book say everything in South America is cannibals in Central America and even in like southern United States. Yeah. So, I've like, seen that a lot too in uh in these old books talking about even the the giants particularly like all the cannibalism tribes and stuff like that it's more than you think in history but then there is another theory I have that like there was a time when um the atmosphere was different and things were bigger and maybe like it was a slow reduction in size over time because everything else reduced in size over time as well I think that could be it too. There's another theory from like Robert Sepper that involves Cro-Magnon and I'm not too, there's a lot of big words involved. So I haven't really got it in my photographic memory at all yet, but like, yeah, it's interesting because that kind of ropes in Bigfoot for me quite often. Um, I listened to a podcast called the the, uh, SCP archives, which uh, is like this, secret government agency that keeps the lid on all the anomalous shit that happens in the world. And it's just like a fictional podcast that comes from a Reddit and anyone can submit their own stories. Um, They have to follow the format to like, you know, fill out like what kind of uh, memoir it's going to be and stuff like that. It's all like recorded as if you're a new recruit looking through these audio files. And one of them is SCP 1000 and it's Bigfoot. And it's kind of a joke at first because it's like four seasons deep into the show. It's not an, you know, one of the early SCPs, but it gets real serious. And the mythology that they weave into this story had me thinking like, well, places like this are often used as dumping grounds for things. They want a little tidbit out into the public here and there. And that could be a little paranoid, but they talk about Bigfoot as like not only our counterparts, but like, better than us and stronger than us and superior to us in every way. They walked at night. We walked in the daytime. They built natural machinery. Like their technology was more advanced than ours, but completely different and more naturalistic. And eventually we got the upper hand with their technology or something and wiped them out and destroyed them all and left the remaining ones like with their brains scrambled and shit. It's this whole thing about their like this leftover megalithic fucking race. And um, in the end, they start talking about how there's like communication efforts on the part of Sasquatch more and more as time goes on. And a recent recording had been roughly translated to given choice for now, we forgive you. Or it's like, we forgive you given choice for now, not forever. Let us back in. And it's just like the most cryptic, cool little horror story. But at the same time, it makes me feel like that's at least someone that's looked into it or someone leaking some shit, because that's clearly what we have going on in our history, where I think maybe Sasquatch might be involved with this. And that might be a stretch. I don't know. But just throwing it in there. Hey, I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, I think it's interwoven in interwoven into like the UFO phenomenon, the missing 411 phenomenon. Like I think Absolutely. there's a weird connection we don't understand already. And so I did bring an article about Bigfoot from 1901. Yes. Um, 
Yeah. And, Barbarous men. And you know, yeah. Barbar, according to Box Saga, Barbar, their bars were bare, as in naked people, fucking crazy heathens. Oh. Obviously, it goes a little further into this like hairy man, wild man kind of thing. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. So I'll just read this to you. It's from the Ellendale Eagle, July 11th, 1901, and it's Wyoming's Barbarous Men. A report reaches St. Paul, Minnesota, that a tribe of wild men has been discovered in the northern part of Fremont County, Wyoming. So during 1901, those people were, this tribe was still there. Mm-hmm. It It is said that two families are married and intermarried until they evolve such characteristics as to make them really a tribe. There are about 200 of them. They live among the mountain fastnesses, and <laughs> resent all intrusion with great fury. The law can give victims of their assaults little satisfaction. <laughs> well, sounds like, yeah, like arrest them. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes among he who goes among them goes at his own peril. It is further alleged that several of the men committed such depredations on the ranches in the northern parts of that state that stockmen organized to defend themselves and in the pursuit of one of the marauders the stronghold of the Cratons was discovered so they were like warring with a tribe anyway of one wild of the, men. yeah it describes a bit at the end here right um one of the stock thieves was a man of 40 years age of more he wore no clothes except of the most rudimentary nature. His body was covered with black hair that afforded protection from the weather. He had no language except unintelligible sounds. His strength was Herculean. Upon being closely pursued by one of the stockmen, the Creighton turned upon the pursuer and catching man and horse into his arms, hurled them over a 40-foot butte. My God. That's the entire story. Like, fuck off. Why wouldn't they write more about this? You know, a couple of these little moments here, like, stood out to me. And I think I actually heard this story read a long time ago on uh, Sasquatch Chronicles with Wes Germer. Um, I think someone read this at some point. And I, they didn't mention it, but I remember thinking, and I'm thinking it again. It's interesting how I, I wonder if these types of tribes have slowly become Sasquatch, like mythical, but the further back in time you go, the more they're described as men and women, like normal people, but just huge and wild. And then, but he grabbed a whole horse and a guy at the same time as the part that I was like, what the fuck, man? What? (laughs) That's, that's why this sounds exactly like Sasquatch because like the stories from, uh, witnesses there it's just insane like even even my encounter that i don't even know if it was a sasquatch or not because it was so dark and we had no light on it at whatsoever but it shook a tree that when we went back to it the next morning was like six to eight inches around and it was shaking it like it was nothing and like bears don't do that and it wasn't a person and we had been followed up the trail for a mile it was crazy so, yeah. That sounds almost <laughs> identical to my friend's story. And like for a while, I just thought like that because he told me it so many years ago that I was like, this is this. Is, I think he's was maybe a bit too fucked up or something. But he <laughs> went camping, um, not even that far from my house, like a fucking 10 minute drive down the road mm-hmm. into this valley at the river. And they were camping and they heard there was trees shaking and stuff. And I can't remember, I was trying to get the information from my husband, but he didn't reply, but 
I think this thing approached the fire and then they all just ran out of there and like Jeez. they had to hike up the trail a bit. So they ran up the trail, got in their cars and came straight home. And like, he swears it was a Bigfoot. Dude. So here's the thing. I hadn't listened to Sasquatch Chronicles or anything. Of course I had seen Harry and the Hendersons and, and I, I had seen the Patterson Patterson Gimlin footage, of course, but like I didn't, I never paid attention to it. And that night, we slept with a on a on a cliff because we were we were hiking a mountain and we ended up sleeping on a little outpost in the middle of the mountain, a little vista, right on the edge of a frigging cliff with a fire with our fire behind us, facing the woods, just absolutely terrified that whatever it was was coming back, and it it just like it shook us to our core and it took us a while to even react. So. After hearing tons of shit on Sasquatch Chronicles years later, I was like, holy fuck, I think this makes a lot of sense for what happened to me. And they don't get a lot of reports from like New Hampshire, Maine. Like there's there's not a lot going on out here, so, you know, but there is there really is. It's yeah. everywhere. It's really crazy. We got off on like a really wild tangent from that. But we were we talking did. about with the book. Yeah, but we were supposed to talk about a book, but you know, that's I like when this happens. <laughs> I think this kind of like ties into the his whole um ancient history. But have you heard of the Melungeons? The Melungeons. I hope you haven't because it's so exciting to show you. I I, ha I don't believe I have. All right. Hold on to your socks here. Melungeons okay let's find so this is a book about them and it kind of summed it up nicely like the, the, the resurrection of a proud people and we got That's kennedy's writing this yeah oh my god i keep finding kennedy stuff everywhere of course i'm just like what the fuck like it, you know embedded in all this historical stuff that names is like bing bing coming up a lot but um it's funny do you know what that my grandma's maiden name was kennedy no shit <laughs> but kennedy. we're not related <laughs> we're just like uh just our irish ancestors i guess mm -hmm. are probably related to them but we weren't we were just per poor potato farmers so i don't think we got <laughs> any of the sweet <laughs> kickbacks right uh, right <laughs> um so it says as early as 1654 which if later they try and say it was in the late 1800s, but mm. as early as 1654, English and French explorers in the Southern Appalachians reported encounters with dark-skinned, brown and blue-eyed and European-featured people. People speaking broken Elizabethan English, living in cabins, tilling the lands and smelting silver, practicing Christianity, and most perplexingly of all, claiming to be a Portuguese. 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 But Portuguese, yeah, but they they spoke like a broken English, so they said it funny, I guess. Do you know um, that if you go to Portugal and ask any of the people where their ancestors are from, they all will tell you they're from Atlantis? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I think there's something about Portuguese people. And honestly, I think these people said they're Portuguese because of slavery at the time. Because mm. Portuguese people weren't slaves. They were free people. And um, these people had copper skin. And they were always, like, being discriminated against and, like, being fucked with because they're like, are these people black or are these people, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're not Slavic sure. and they're not they black. Were like, they were testing how flat their feet were and stuff mm. and harassing them all the time as the railway came through and stuff. And so, um, so it says they're, they said they're Portuguese and they're declared free persons of color. Cause I think that's why they say that. And in the late 1700s by the English and and Scotch Irish immigrants, the Melungeons, as they were known, were driven off their lands, denied access to voting, to education, and the right to judicial process. Um, so, so these people were found as the colonizers or settlers moved up into the Appalachian area from the East Coast, That's and they cool. found them there already there, and they were like they had high cheekbones, and they looked like Egyptian. A lot of people say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then i heard you guys talking about abraham lincoln it's suspected that abraham lincoln has was a melangian like had of melangian blood and was a descendant of these people and something else weird about him when i was studying akhenaten and nefertiti Mm -hmm. because of that thing i found on the un flag i'm not sure if you've seen but um yeah 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 so when I so I was looking at them and it's like my first real look at Egyptian history and so they had elongated skulls and it said that Abraham Lincoln did too and uh just them their kids and King Tat who is suspected to be their son are the only Egyptians that had this elongated skull really those are the only ones in Egypt yeah and they when Akhenaten came into power he um they moved the capital. They changed the religion to a monotheistic, yep. like sun god. Sun god, yep. And uh, they try to change everything, and they like change the entire system and everything. But then after they were like their rule was over, it all went back. And don't they say that Akhenaten was like? Is that the one that they connect to Moses or Noah? I can't remember. If it's connected bad, to Noah, that's crazy <laughs> because I found some weird Noah connections in this book that oh, we were looking at. So, so wait, wait till you see this. You're going to like this. But uh, well, maybe we'll just look at these Melendians for a sec here. Sure, sure, sure. Um, So then okay. I found two articles about them, some old articles, and they're pretty long. And so maybe I'll just um put them on the screen so people can read yeah, yeah. the whole thing. But a it basically says, race. <laughs> yeah. They're called the Melungeons. They're found no place else. Um, they've been traced back to North Carolina, but no further. Yeah. And then and then it says, um, it says they do speak like a broken Elizabeth in English, and they some of them are Christians, but I think maybe also they say they're Christians so that they weren't to like turn into slaves too, right? Maybe. Um, yeah. But in this article, it says the language they do speak is an unknown one. <laughs> to the most accomplished linguist. That's interesting. Which I, I wonder if really people have heard of these Melungeons. Because, I mean, please, people dig in. M-E-L-U-N-G-E-O-N. Melungeon. I, I, maybe I've heard it in passing, but I haven't. 
focused in on. I just I keep thinking to the the Portuguese thing and the, the Portugal connection to Atlantis. I'll show you some pictures of them because they look Portuguese. Absolutely. Like th this is one of them. Um, one of the families, the Melendians. Look mm -hmm. at that guy's mustache. <laughs> I yeah, was like, man. they look like, like my Brazilian dark friends. Europe yeah. <laughs> and uh, then there's like, here's like a big spread of. And you said a lot of them have blue eyes too. Yeah, so the, yeah. at the top, you can see that guy in the middle has blue eyes. And like, it's kind of hard to tell because it's black and white, but you could tell like their eyes look a little bit milky, some of them, and that would hint mm -hmm. blue eyes in the black and white photos. You connect these to the Northern Africans. Yeah, that's what even, I was but, thinking. But that group even has, there's a lot of them with blonde hair and light skin too. Of theirs. So the, if you read through some of these articles, it does say a bunch of them have blonde hair. Mm. Golden hair, <laughs> oh, the Melungeons too? No shit. I wonder if um, these Melungeons are the, what, what are, the, are those the, are those the Ashkenazi? Yeah, uh, like northern blonde africans who are these people the melanasians <laughs> well those so are the they... world's black people with blonde hair um, oh yeah that's not who i'm talking about so like um the word melanian i guess is i think a french uh, it's a like a uh, version of a french word that means like a mixture mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so they're and then they're like nowadays when you read articles about them, they trying to say, oh, they were a mix of black natives and white and whites. And they were the whites were early Dutch um, explorers that got shipwrecked. Mm -hmm. they to <laughs> oh, and we tested their DNA. That's what they are. And I'm like, yeah, I, I see how those DNA tests go. Like, I don't trust that for a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's they're building a massive database. This is the tail end of that, in case anyone wants to read it that is watching this. But it basically says what I've already said in the other ones, like that they're an unknown people of unknown origin. A bunch of them have blonde hair and blue eyes, and they look sort of Egyptian in features. They have angular, like um, Caucasian um, shaped faces more. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. And I thought it kind of went into this because it kind of shows that there's like, especially in the mountainous areas, because what this guy says in the book is that the two floods wiped out civilizations of North America. And, and then it says like the, the way, the way that the etymology of the words of like how people escaped, how native people, where native people went during floods and stuff, it's, it lends like a theory to them going to high ground. So like a okay. few mountain ranges would have held the last pockets of civilization mm -hmm. during the floods that makes sense and i hate to do it but there's another connection here it's like if they mostly stayed in the mountains and traveled through the mountains that's that's where bigfoot is too yeah <laughs> yeah you're right i'm not and saying they... it's the same thing i'm not calling these people sasquatch you know what i mean but like it's there's something there there's some sort of connection there we are but we're probably talking to... about two completely different things. The Sasquatch thing is most likely like an admixture situation from way back. I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe like an evolutionary trait of the Ice Age. Could be. Or, you know, I hear for years uh, when when people ask, like, 
you know, what people think Sasquatch is. A lot of people point to Nephilim. And for a long time, I just kind of laughed at that, rolled my eyes because like, you know, a lot of the people are just like Christians kind of believing a supernatural version of things and attaching that to Bigfoot. But honestly, even under what I think what Nephilim might be in terms of like a very human sort of situation, like, yeah, I mean, maybe the idea that they were deformed or whatever, the idea they were monstrous, the Nephilim, maybe that is what Sasquatch is. But here I go, keep bringing it back to Sasquatch. Let's stay with these ancient people that we know exist. And so like, um, then it's funny you bring up Nephilim because he talks about them in this book and then he connects it to like a, a royal or like a, I guess the, like the royalty of a certain time is what I think what he supposed from it. Did you find that part in the book? I was highlighted I so much. I think it was somewhere. Is that, that the part? Is. they? I think they mentioned the Canaanites in there. Yeah. And then he just said like, he, I think he said he like supposes that the word Nephilim is connected to like, a person higher above you, not necessarily godly, but more kingly type okay. of people or like the ruling class, maybe. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, don't know, I think that's on the page I sent to you. But okay. Well, then let me see what I can <laughs> see. Let me just go back <clears throat> to shit here. Maybe I'll just read this list of things that he like goes to prove in the book because there's like, quite a few yeah. good points and then people can look more into the book if they're interested in these things but so then um i'll just read what i have highlighted that he writes and this is at the beginning of the book in chapter two he says as early as 1825 i sent so he, he talks about how he like wrote a history already sent it to the academy of science in boston and they basically like stole it and never got back to him oh jesus that makes they were sense. like encouraging him to write it and saying he was gonna like get all these awards and stuff and they wanted to know everything he had to know and when they got it it was crickets and they just like took it and we're just like fuck you we don't know what you're talking about i found that um, page i found that okay, page let's yeah it. it is the canaanite part yeah so the, i i read this recently on a show too and yeah I, this is important this is very interesting the canaanite the canites or cobbles have been deemed parents of the Atlantes or, or Atlantes and Africans. They were skillful, powerful, and wicked, inventing agriculture and arts, building cities, while the Sethites invented astronomy, letters, and dwelt in tents. If the American Atlantes were antediluvian, they must have sprung from the Atlantes Canites, kin of Moses. And I do believe Moses is the one that Akhenaten is connected to, but I could be wrong. Uh, in 1170, in ele this is weird. I'm not sure. Yeah, in 1170 years after Adam, the egregory angels of Mount Ema came to Mount Hermon in 20 tribes under their, under their king Semi-Azar and uniting with the Canaanites gave birth to the Rephaim, Nephilim, and Eliud, tribes of giants tyrants and cannibals who made war on the angels and men which that threw me off because i connect obviously he the can, angels to he, all these things we just mentioned he later connects angels to 
other things like saying that they weren't exactly angels like you think when they talk well right i definitely wasn't thinking of them in supernatural terms oh, yeah. but okay. it's interesting to say that like the nephilim and raphim and iliad fought against like the, these giants fought against the angels and men or made war on them it's interesting because i thought i would assume that the angels you know in my simple hypothesis that isn't completely developed it's that the angels are these these same peoples these sea peoples you know but um yeah, anyway so, read, go so ahead like the, the bible story how does it go that the nephilim were or was this is this from like the book of enoch or something what the nephilim were the offspring of angels that banged humans or <laughs> Yeah. Right? Is that right? Yeah. I guess, which is weird. That's because, the story, right? So yeah, yeah. The sons of God mated with the daughters of men, um, which is interesting because like, again, we have caste systems in like Box Saga that uh, where I believe it's the woman of the higher caste that is impregnated by the lower caste male. I can't remember, but or could no, I think it's the opposite. The higher caste male impregnates the lower caste female and it connects all the castes together under one bloodline, basically. So in the geography book, it basically says the same thing, but if you think of the angels as like Anglo or white people, yeah, the men Anglo, because yeah. because the men were all the the colonizers were ships full of men and then they bred with the tribe the women of the tribes right and then made a new kind of race of natives in a way and the people the that are areas. right <laughs> the thing is again aligned with the saga these acer people they believe that their way of survival with the birthing system was the only way to keep the the human race pure and all that. And I know what that kind of sounds like much later in history, yeah. the pure race and all that kind of thing. Um, so we have but, this story of the Nephilim being so destructive, this, this out, this uh, outcome of these two different races coming together. Uh, and I, it's, it's interesting. It just comes together. It's super interesting when you think about how they talk about all the Americas being covered in cannibals after because they they had all these copper colored races. And was that is that what they're talking about? Nephilim, like these um, barbarous, like brutal people that were strong giants or whatever, or like, right. or like a rough, brutish people. Is that like the tribes of like, you know, that came after like it kind of would like it's a kind of very similar stories to that Nephilim story. Yeah, honestly, That's like throw, th like throwing out all of my Bigfoot talk tonight, like <laughs> just like <laughs> no, erase that it. for a minute. Like yeah. thinking of this, thinking of this as strictly like I often compare this to like a Romeo and Juliet type story, where it's mm -hmm. like two families that are not to be put together. And I think a lot of that is the this racial divide back then. Star-crossed lovers. Right, right. It's and this story. It's this very yeah. famous story. It's as famous as the prodigal son story, where mm -hmm. which is fucking abundant in these things as well. And all these so, old stories are allegories. So you really have to like 
or like try to understand the symbolism yeah. and if if they're talking about like all like if they're saying like using metaphors and saying angels and stuff and it's actually metaphors like what are they actually saying like we got to kind of dive a bit deeper right and it's interesting too i mean just to get into the weeds a little bit uh, i know i've mentioned it a, a while back before but angel and angle both mm. go back to the Phoenician alphabet and become the same term. So when you think about the architects and the, uh, you know, the, the builders and everything. I mean, like the good guys might came. Might be a loose connection, but angles. Right? all these lower people and then made these brutish people. Like mm. it kind of goes with the narrative that they're trying to tell. Yeah. So just reading the end of this here, the egregory have been deemed the titans of the Greeks and Atlas was a titan. Although gigantic nations existed in America, the Talugas, Toltecas, Caribs, uh, Chileans, uh, being often such, the term giant must always be understood to refer to powerful, perverse men. And that's so important. That's such an interesting thing to, to read, you know? Wonder. Yeah. And it, again, it doesn't have to mean that there was like, never giants. Right. I think it's, I think it's uh, in tune with one another. I think it goes together. We just don't have all the pieces yet. And of maybe, why we it fits together. maybe we borrowed that term a bit and applied it to the wrong you know what I mean? Like maybe these are two different concepts and they're just sharing the word. Could be. You know what I mean? Well, because I know that like I traced it back to the, the root of giant. I traced back to earthborn, which to me echoes again, uh, superior race, chosen people, uh, you know, first, most important, uh, all these metaphors that you can attach to whatever this earthborn reason for like, why, why is it, why does it mean earthborn? Right. Yeah. And why would that also be attached to uh, big people? Right. So it's, that's where I'm getting that like double meaning. And I think it's, it's coming together somehow. I don't yeah, know. It is. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. We, so a little bit more time. we might have to do a part two on this. Honestly, we I think it'd be worth will. it. You know? Yeah. yeah sounds good. Um, I'll just read this little list of things that he kind of tries to prove in this book. I mean, it, there's quite a few points, but I'll read the ones I highlighted that I think were worthy. Um, okay, so number one, Theron proved that in 1825 that there are yet materials enough, notwithstanding the loss of many, for an ancient history of America. So he's saying, like, it's not all lost. There's enough information to piece it together, just no one is. But then he says, um, number two, that a complete American history ought to employ and combine all materials afforded by geology, geography, physics, chronology, physiology, ethnology, archaeology, philology on America with all the traditions of Americans. And what I think he does like a really good job of. He goes through like geography, etymology, mm -hmm. um, mythologies, and like just shows how it all connects. Um, number three, geology and physical geography indicates the cradles and ancient settlements of mankind, which he talks about like how they, where they went to during certain times and how they sprung forth from them. Mm -hmm. um, and then it says America has an ancient geography previous to 1492, which ought to be restored. Number five, the coincidence of names and nations and tribes afford a comparative concordance. 
indicating ancient connections or identity, which I think is the most important thing that he did. Yes. It's connected. Like even like the natives, everything, like their the words, the sounds, the stories, it all mm. connects to these ancient cultures. And you know, just to 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 say this real quick, um, I do think that we have a limited range of sounds that we all use. And I think this is a, uh, I guess you could say compelling argument against what we're suggesting and what a lot of people throughout history have suggested with etymology. Uh, even etymologists fall on both sides of this from what I've seen. Some people suggest, no, a lot of this is coincidence, but that's the same type of mind and quote unquote expert that we find in every field saying things are coincidence. So yeah, again, 3070 rule truth there lies. are no coincidences and, and that being the penultimate that you know the ultimate thing right there is that <laughs> above all else there are no coincidences no and that's the thing that is the compelling argument uh against the mainstream is that these these connections are too intense like there's too many layers to them and they there's continue to corroborate many. one another over and over and over again I feel like I'm constantly putting the cart before the horse and finding exactly what I'm looking for. And how dare someone say, Oh, that's you. You just, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find on the internet. Yeah. That's not the case, man. It's rigorous research and you got to second and third and fourth guess yourself, you know, always question, make sure people also we're still questioning. Say- we, you're the only person in this reality. You're creating the reality. So of course, what you want to find, you'll find. Like, mm, that's a cop. Yeah, I don't buy that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a whole. That's a whole different tear. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Then continue he, on with his proofs. Okay. Number six is the ancient American population must have derived from nearest shores of Africa, Europe, and Asia. The points where all the indications and traditions tend are the Antilles, next Pariah, and Guyana in South America. It goes on to say a bunch more about also through Alaska, but, you know, they came across the sea. Mm-hmm. And it, it says number seven, which I thought you might like, the philological solution of historical affinities must be sought in the roots of languages. Hell Their yeah. conformity of analogies and the number of similar sounds, roots, and words, which are susceptible of ma- a mathematical calculation and referable to the theory of probabilities. He's saying it's way more probable than people say it is. Yeah. Like it connects too richly. That's beautiful. So he said what I was trying to say in a much more intelligent way. And also like a little, he makes it a bit convoluted, but that's how they used to write everything. I kind of love it. I love it. It's beautiful. (laughs) Sometimes I have to read sentences a few times, but it's beautiful. They're always they were masters of language, you know. Really, truly, even in the newspaper, sometimes I'm like, "Wow, what a sentence!" Yeah. Um, Number eight: Many primitive nations in all parts of the earth may thus be proved to be akin and related. Number nine: Noah's flood was nearly general, but perhaps not universal. His ark or Thebe, T H B E, was perhaps Tibet. So there's, he also said that like during the deluge, deluge that they went to those mountains in Tibet, a lot of people. And that was like a popular mm. civilization that survived. And thus three sons, which were three nations were saved there. Cause he says three sons. 
there's but it a was lot. actually three nations were saved in mm. that pocket of civilization from the flood that's crazy yeah right <laughs> and then he says it has been proved that all antediluvian patriarchs were nations their long ages being the duration of dynasties or states so when we we look at history and they say this king lasted 300 years they're like how could people have lived for 300 years when you look mm. read ancient texts there's that's the civilization it's personified as a king but it's right. really like an entire people's their beginning middle and end right it's the all-father system yeah exactly <laughs> and then crazy. uh the second flood was like peleg's flood is that how you say it? p-e-l-e-g peleg peleg, peleg. Yeah. yeah blood was volcanic not oh, so general God. as noah's so that was when like the weird melting and stuff happened because i do have newspaper articles of like ruins they found in the um colorado river valley and stuff of like melted stone structures and stuff mm. that experienced a high heat event and so there was like a volcanic tumultuous time and then it caused flooding because of that um and it's thought to be mistaken with noah's flood and it's different dates and he says that number 12 the cradle of tulans or mexican nations must have been the two tulans of asia since turan and tartary mm. there are many places called tula all over the world indicating settlements of atlantis atlantis 13 the, well, go oh, ahead the, the tokarian mummies in china that are like seven feet six feet and they have blonde or red hair and they are these old giants or nobility or something it's weird yeah um exactly number 13 the ancient ancient chronology of american america may be restored several dates given in the system proposed which is so cool when you go in and like i encourage everyone to read this book because they have all this like um native american mythology and he like breaks it all down really geniusly and does like a chronology of their tales and stuff and like what was happening and stuff at that time and why they said this and why they called this person the frog man or whatever and like you know it all makes sense when he kind of like and he he figured this out by going back and learning the language himself because he couldn't find someone to help him mm. so he like went through this ancient well, ancient Native American kind of languages and like mm -hmm. got, went to people that could teach him bits of it, found bits of like um, books and stuff, I guess, and manuscripts about it and how, like actually had to learn the sounds and stuff. So he knew what they were talking about in the songs and like how it related to our natural history. That's such a, yeah, it has, that's the way it has to go. And that's what I've seen done by people that are doing this breakthrough work. Just get in with the the locals and learn their old languages. Yeah. Number 14, all the races and complexions of mankind are found in America. Number 15, America was known to the ancient nations, particularly the Atlantes, Pelagians, Phoenicians. Number 16, some highlands of America are not covered at Noah's flood. Hmm. So, so enter the Melangians, maybe, right? Right, right. And might have become the as asylums of, I guess, asylums, but he puts his e, asylums of hmm. man, animals, and vegetation. However, but few nations can be traced to these asylums in America. So he's not saying 
he's saying that some can be, you know. Um, number 17, the ancient monuments of both Americas are similar to the primitive monuments of Asia, Africa, and Europe. And that's what we've all been digging through with the Tartaria or like the lost Dude. history of the cities and stuff. And what year did he write this book? This book was from 1826, I think. Maybe He's saying there's ancient monuments back then? He says it tons in here. But wood, stone, pyramids... He's saying the mounds, there are stone structures, there's weird caverns and things that aren't explained oh, for. Most of which we have have uh, documented as as uh, uh, big presentations to the public and world's fairs and things like that. This is this this is crazy to get a guy from this time period talking about it. Like I haven't heard that from any of that any of this and yet. This is so pretty you, crazy. If you do look in newspaper archives and look up ancient race, you will find all these accounts of them finding these stone structures and weird chambers buried and everything's under the layer. And it's because of a flood, obviously. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a mud flood. This, it didn't liquefy the land. No, it was a real no. flood. And that sediment on the land that covered shit. Just yeah, like I think I that's thought, a... That's a to me, that's a sidetrack that they try to do. Like they create this mud flood idea that it can just be a flood, you know? Right. Why don't anyone ever, I think I they like have many they, people they try to that. separate it. I think they, I don't know too much about it, but I think that they try to separate it. Like, no, there's a difference. And this is what a mud flood is. And maybe that's true. Maybe they do exist technically. It's just, it's still a flood. It's not like what's going to be moving. It's going to be mud. And they try to say the liquefaction thing. And that's not like those buildings would be ripped to shreds. If it was liquefaction, they wouldn't even exist. And so, so anyway, and rant. <laughs> another thing that connects that for me is that I live east of the Rocky Mountains in a northern place where if you look at a flood map, we'd be like one of the last places to flood. Mm -hmm. And there is fucking seashell fossils five minutes down the road. Wow. That's and so there's, awesome. they're all around. There's a place called Fossil Falls. There's like and it's it's seashells like. Holy shit. So why was there, and they try to explain it in weird ways about like they came from dinosaur times and stuff. And <laughs> I don't know what they're like, you know what I mean? Like the explanations are so crappy and loose that I'm just like, it doesn't, none of it makes sense. And yeah. like, oh, when the glaciers melted, this place flooded a little bit. And mm. I don't know. Yeah. There's all kinds of things they say, but <clears throat> there's seashells. Like I could go get some in like five minutes, just down the road in a little like um creek root bed that's crazy we went there with my geology class and dug them that's nuts um so then it also says the religions of americas were similar to the primitive religions of the eastern hemisphere the manners and customs of the americans are very various and form no pecul peculiar test Many American nations were highly civilized besides the Mexicans and Peruvians, skillful in agriculture and arts, having cattle and colleges, etc. So he also talks about like certain tribes and so does the geology book of Native Americans that lived with cattle, like had cows. They were farmers. Mm -hmm. Jesus. And then. Um, so his last so thing. Yeah. So then. Yeah, that's all the points. That that's kind of like his overview of what he goes through and tries to prove through this book. That's awesome. So maybe our part two will be like a deeper dive, and we'll kind of like we'll both tackle some chapters specifically and uh, highlight some important points. 
and I'll be ready. You'll be ready. We'll take our time, but it'll, it'll come down the pipe sooner than later, you know? And I just feel like more things po- point, like the longer I hold this book, I can find more connections in other places to it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. This, I this think we've made a lot already. This part's really interesting what he says. He says, the ancient monuments of both Americas are very numerous, indicating a dense population in places since become wild and desolate, as in North America, Guyana, Brazil, etc. And it says they are, sorry, it's on the other page. They are most numerous in the central parts of both Americas, less than towards both ends, but are still present. Now, do you think he's referring to like little like mud houses? So he definitely isn't because he goes into detail. Okay, right. Because you said he was talking about like pyramids. Oh, stone and, monuments. And the stone thing monuments. Stuff about like yeah. monuments, idols, buildings. Dude. And like, so the stuff I find um, in the newspapers about the ancient race and the stone structures, there's like multi-story buildings, pyramids, um, in- intense like cave cities and things all over America. And of course, Smithsonian comes, cleans up, and fucking deletes, mm. deleted. <laughs> and they just—they were just wiping out these mounds mm. across America, like they had so much disrespect for that historical part. And, that... and Lincoln talks about the mounds too. Yeah, and so but I have this at Niagara of all places. This is from a book called The Mound Builders, and it's from the 1800s as well, I think around 1850. And then he has a map here of like, kind of like what you area and what type of mounds and stone structures and stuff. Like there's military works, there's rock effigies, there's effigies, there's um, altars and beehive tombs. Beehive tombs. I have this art. I have this article where they found something under the White House, and I think really? I have it handy if you want to. I just gotta look at my other. Oh yeah. File and it's pretty short. I think I put it in here. Let's see. You're very organized. This is how I. This is the only way I can do things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try to just be organized for shows because. Or else I'll be like, I'm still scrambling anyway, usually. But Right. This um, is so dense and the language is hard. Yeah. Oh, I don't know where it is. But oh. anyway, I'll just tell you the stories uh, and yeah. I'll send it to you later. So they were digging under the White House to make repairs or like a refurbishing area. And mm. 10 feet below a sub-basement, they found an ancient chamber with an oven in it and skeletons and it was all stone a stone chamber and some people say it was a tomb but there was like an oven and stuff in it right and it was like right. 10 feet below the sub basement of the white house what the fuck and i mean it's in it a bunch of, that sense. article's in a bunch of papers because it was like pretty big news i guess at that time like it's in a bunch that'd be pretty wild if like <laughs> they just like dropped a ton of earth on top of someone's property and their house and everything and just built the white house right and like <laughs> i sort of feel like that's kind of more like what happened was that they there was already sites and stuff and they like um and yeah, we gotta like take your house <laughs> and stuff and then yeah they I wish I could I don't know. it sorry that's okay listen for part two you'll have it right on cue yeah, you yeah. Know? be great <laughs> 
And honestly, for part two, I'll bring some stuff about stone structures if you want, because um, I have some really crazy stuff that they found, like the pyramids and stuff. It's like really fucking crazy. Awesome. Maybe I can even find a pyramid thing quick before we go. Mountains and pyramids. Mm -mm. Is this the one? Ancient ruins. Oh, no. That's in Austria, so not as interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but still interesting. It might be this. Oh, yeah. Pyramid in the West. So they found this pyramid on the Colorado River. Like I said, there's tons of shit on the Colorado River. A party of five young men while on exploring on an exploring expedition recently along the Colorado River discovered an immense pyramid on a barren plain. It was composed of layers of stone from 18 inches to nearly three feet in thickness and from Whoa. five to eight feet in length. Um, it had a level top of more than 50 feet square. Though it was evident that it had been completed and that some great convulsion of nature had displaced its entire top as it was evidently lying on one of its sides, a huge and broken mass nearly covered with sand. Its present length is 104 feet and it must have been formerly full 20 feet higher. This pyramid differs in some respects from the Egyptian pyramids. It is or was more slender or pointed. And while those Egyptian, those of Egypt, sorry, are composed of steps or layers receding as they rise, the American pyramid was undoubtedly a more finished structure. The outer mm. surface of the blocks was evidently cut to an angle that gave the structure, when new and complete, a smooth or regular surface from top to bottom. Wow. And that's, that's just everywhere. Yeah, I mean, the Grand Canyon stuff, too. That's a treasure trove. And it's the Egyptian hieroglyphics and things like that that are written off as, as nonsense. There was no... Back then, there was no market for conspiracy theories involving Egyptians in America. There was no market for this as, like, tabloid junk. Or they were really theory. pumping out... The Pompeii Egypt narrative so thick about like this is the cradle of humanity. Mm -hmm. Look at all this ancient stuff. It's like everywhere, especially when you get up to the like 1900s, like when oh, it yeah. comes into that era, it's really gets heavy into it. And all it's the like, adventurers, the European conquerors. I think they're trying to divert from like people exploring what was in their backyard. You know, oh, I mean? for like, sure. you have to go to Egypt to find the old shit. Never exactly stuff and now i see that again happening in a way where i mean it's there if you really look for it but again it's not popular when you're talking like ancient civilizations like ancient apocalypse with graham hancock you're talking uh ancient aliens everything they point to none of it is europe or what you just that you uh, pulled up an article before this about austria mm -hmm. and i saw the word canaanites in there mm -hmm. somewhere so all that shit is never talked about. It's all to do with like the Mesoamerican gods, rightfully so, or, you know, the Persian Gulf religions, the Anunnaki, all these different things. Fair enough. But all this European shit is totally left out of the mix. I had Freddie Silva on twice. Good friend of the show. He's awesome. He's definitely going to come back at some point and uh, talk more about his findings. 
And uh, I asked him about some Scandinavian stuff and some some European things. And he's like, I never really got into that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm so shocked because this is such a different area. You know, he's like, I just, you know, have my own focus. You know, that's fair. But I notice it a lot that I never see the narrative of uh, the the ancient European or ancient uh, Germanic people like none of this stuff is allowed to be talked about. You immediately get put in a very unfortunate category if you go too far into it you know what i mean yeah and yeah i think like everyone just finds their little avenue and kind of like we can't all know everything about or we all can't look everywhere so sure, yeah <laughs> it is good that everyone has their avenue and they just really dive hard into that because it's really important that we get every detail and whether that's them planting their flag or not it's gonna help us figure oh things out. And just to clarify about like, you know, Freddie Silva for Your all friend, his, sorry. All, I wasn't trying to say, yeah. <laughs> oh no, like all of all of his work, like um, it's yeah, he's not biased. It's that, you know, I he's I'd got say his avenue, right? Some of these narratives will attract some parts of these alternative researchers because they can kind of use it, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's convoluted for sure, but it's not them. They're great research. Everybody's a great right? researcher, you know? That's what I think. Yeah. But as long as everyone's sharing what they find, I appreciate what they're doing. It. Yes, exactly. You know, that's the thing. And like everybody that's like putting out all this information, um, it's coming together in a way that will be attacked and will be uh, preyed upon to, to control the perceptions of us when I, and I, you know, when I get into all the ancient alien stuff, that's that's what I'm talking about. But, you know, even people I've had on like that research and have been on and written books and stuff like that, you know, they often end with and nobody knows who they were. And it's like, well, I think that's changing. We can figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, honestly, like when I find something really good, like this book, like I, I do feel like um, a bit attached to it and it is kind of hard to just give it out. But I. Honestly, I always think of that part in Super Troopers when he's like, if if you live on the beach, man, do you own the water? And he's like, no, man, it's God's water, man. <laughs> like, that's what I kind of always, I just remind myself that every time, like, it's not your information. It's You're everyone. a communist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this information belongs to everyone as much as yeah, I absolutely. feel like. A, a bit attached to it because i found it that's just my ego because it belongs to everybody and we need to share it or like because there's stuff that like even sharing with you i've learned so much more about it or like you well, know likewise I've got, I find right so much more connections because that's, of sharing i feel like that's the most important thing we're doing right now uh all of us is just like making the connections and the more we do that that's when like the big heavy hitters sometimes come in and go, Hey, I think what you guys are looking at points to this, this, and this, and you're like, <gasps> you know, and that's when the revelation comes again and you start getting momentum again. So it's like the more we share this shit is the better we are. Yeah. It's really important. <laughs> the better off so we are. Everyone share and dig into this stuff and let's oh, solve yeah. this puzzle. So yeah, for now we'll we'll pause and we'll we'll take a break on this and we'll come back for a part two really soon and we'll probably like put them out on both channels and stuff like that. Um, yeah, this has been awesome, Kaylin. Tell the people or where maybe they can like find even it. parts three, four, five. Let's just yeah. build this puzzle <laughs> and bring different people in for different yeah. episodes. You know, I mean, this is what we're we need. You know, I love doing the multi 
uh, round table kind of thing anyway. It's always how it works best. So we've done. I'd love to be a part of it one day if you guys want to have me. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah, tell my audience where they can find you. Sure. Um, If you guys want to find me, I'm on all major platforms. Strange Neighborhood Podcast. You can find me on all of them pretty much. And also on Instagram, strange underscore neighborhood underscore podcast. And uh, on Instagram, I do, I share all kinds of shit that I find all the time. So any like small detail that I haven't quite found a connection for, a lot of old maps, old articles. And then I do talk about like consciousness and stuff a lot because, you know, and I think it's all interwoven really. It all connects, man. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, come find me and let's chat and talk about this stuff. Let's share. Let's compare notes. Hell yeah. And why don't you tell my audience where to find you? Yep. Andy? You can find me on all the platforms as well under the Deep Share podcast um, and YouTube and Odyssey. And on Instagram and Twitter as the Deep Share, and yeah, that's pretty much it. And so, do you sell a Patreon for your box I, saga stuff? I do not, not for any of the box saga stuff. So like all anything, um, anything data and information related will always be free. That's I'm I don't I'm not going to do anything like that behind any paywalls. Awesome. But Patreon I do have, and my homie Shane Newsom and I are kind of putting together like a sideshow of the deep share where it's just like, we're kind of talking about the similar things, but we're, we're showing clips and we're making fun of stuff. And we're talking about consciousness. We're all over the board, you know? So yeah, we'll have guests on fun stuff. talkie show kind of. Yeah. yeah. And those cool. will eventually go out to the public feed anyway, like slowly, mm. but surely, but yeah, just, you know, if you want to support the channel, of course, it's always helpful. But um, but yeah, it's fun. We'll start releasing those soon. Actually, I got one out already on there, but I'll re- be releasing the the public one pretty soon too, just to give everybody a taste. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like if I think that's great. I think that's a good way to make. Like we all are looking for kind of a way to like make an income off this, so we could put more of our time and effort into it because we sure, got yeah. we all got to make money. We have families and shit. Like. Um, yeah, but yeah. to find like a good um, way that doesn't compromise our morals or whatever that we can make a little money and I think that's a good way like to have a pre-release kind of Patreon or like where you and then release it later or whatever but then people that want it first or like maybe a portion of your show is on Patreon or I don't yeah, know I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do but I'm kind of it's yeah it. it's anxiety ridden trying to like figure out what you want to do anyway and most of the time I haven't wanted to do it because yeah my morals get in the way I feel like I'm doing something wrong or something like that but yeah it's just, something it's, <laughs> I'm saying that it's pure entertainment behind the paywall you know that's, that's what beauty. it is that's what I like to do. Any like we're going to branch off and do all kinds of fun stuff because like I love creating fiction and all kinds of fun things. So we can go anywhere with it. Right. But I don't want any of this kind of stuff behind, behind the pale. I want this for everybody that's interested to hear what we're talking about, what we're piecing together, because that's how I even became a podcaster by hearing what other people were sharing for free, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, okay, I need to say something about this stuff. Because now I have a perspective on it, you know, and so, maybe a clue to add. Right. Absolutely. That's how yeah. we spread. And I always say, like, if if like the legacy news channels and the mainstream media give it give all their lies and propaganda for free and millions are eating it up because it's free. How is the truth community ever going to compete with that if they're 
keeping like crucial information or like this will, you know, this is the whole story. You know, it's it's a fine line. But I think, you know, if you're just kind of trying to theorize and have fun with it and trying to come up with ideas and stuff, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you go deeper and you can keep that shit behind a paywall if you want. But I don't know. I have a hard time. I know, right? And but there's also like certain platforms you can use. And then I don't know. I was thinking about adding ads, and then I heard so many Canadian podcasters they because it just you don't get to choose your ads for some platforms, and then right. they just have like ads for the CBC and stuff. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like, like yeah, I don't yeah, want that. Like part of the machine, we're part of the machine for them. <laughs> using Patreon and part of the machine using Zoom or like. Uh, there's no escape that's the mentality that that creates you know yeah but i don't know but we're all over the place my friend let's yeah. um reel it in say good night for tonight and we'll come back for a part two soon yeah and we'll, i'll post the link when i post this obviously you probably will too for the book oh, yeah. and the geography book and anything yeah. i have here so that everyone can dig in awesome awesome all right everybody thanks for listening thanks for watching Take it easy. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats swimming together, cactus parrier. Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? I mean, <laughs> <laughs>